Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Glory be to God. We're going to have some fun today. We're talking about remember still the name of Jesus. Last Sunday we talked about the blood of Jesus. We talked about it gives us access. It gives us access. It gives us access to the throne. It gives us access to the use the word. Somebody said you can't you can't pray the word like that and manipulate God. Nobody manipulating God. God said use my word. Take my word. Speak my word. And he goes, the blood of Jesus gives you access to say what I say, to do what I do. That went right out the door. Yeah, there you go. Get your glove on. Get your glove out. Get your transmitter tuned in. You know, back in the day, they had to tune in the radio. I'm talking to old people now here. You know, and you tuned it in and welcome to WKRP Cincinnati. Are you tuned into the service today? Are you sitting there full of your problems? Come on. on. Empty your cup. That word that she gave for her, not that she's full of anything negative, but sometimes we get full of junk. We need to empty our cup and say, okay, Lord, fill me up. So we remember in the name of Jesus. I want to back up to what we finished with last Sunday, but Philippians 2.9, look at what it says. You can write it down if you want to just to study it later. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So let's just go ahead and say it. Cancer's a name and Jesus is a name above that name. Sickness is a name. Whatever name you want to put, uh, whatever name, depression's a name, and Jesus has defeated it. And so we got to put his name, his name's above every name. It's his name's above every dictator, every president, every whatever, king. Because he is the king of kings. Amen. And one other thing, Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. I want you to look at what it says. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Are you a believer? Are you a doubter? Well, I want to be a believer in every area. I hadn't made it, but I am pressing towards the mark, as Paul said. I want to believe more and more and greater and greater. So the power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. This is God's doing. What God wants to do in us, and look what it says in verse 21. I'm sorry, 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places for us. Let's look what it says now in verse 21. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also which is to come. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Jesus is far above. Do y'all agree with that? Nod at me or something. Jesus is above every principality power. Uh, You know, him and the devil aren't fighting. The devil's under his feet. And it's our job to keep him under Jesus and under our feet because we're, because look what it says in verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Church is not a building. The church is a people. And we're a part of, as a people, we're a part of the church. We are the church. We're the people of the church. We are the church. It's not this building. It's a great building. But guess what? We're the people. We're the church. Look what it says in verse 22, 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We're the body of Christ in the earth. Hey, hey, hey. You know, we're, we're doing battle. We got, we got armor. 
The Bible teaches that we got armor. The Bible teaches that, that we've been sealed. I got a tattoo. Not really, but in the spirit I do. On my arm I got a tattoo. It's all, it says Jesus. Bought and paid for. Come on. I belong to Jesus. I belong to him. I belong to Jesus free from sin. Come on. So, so we belong to Jesus. So you know what? I'm trying to stir you up a little bit. And let's get into this because you've been given power, authority. You've been given the name. You've been given the name. Amen. So let's look at number one. Remember the power in the name of Jesus. I asked them to sing that. There's power in the name of Jesus. Power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power in the name. Power in the name of Jesus. John 14, 13, listen to what it says. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. I don't have my, I got a credit card that has a $10,000 limit on it. But I could make it go more than that. It's limited because I limit it. The name of Jesus is not limited unless I limit it. Okay, that, you know, that's not in the notes if you notice. We limit the name. We've been given a name. The name of Jesus. And we can use the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, my name is Brett McClary. But if you really want to know my name is Brett Jesus McClary. Not that I'm Jesus, but he's backing me. Come on, I've got his name. I can use his name. And, and so, you know, you say, well, you're just cocky, Pastor Brett. No, no, we, you've been given the name. That's why your chains are broken. That's why you're not like, like you used to be. That's, you know, it's like Grandma said. Grandma said, well, the Lord delivered me from drugs and the Lord delivered me from alcohol and prostitution. And all the grandkids said, Grandma, when did God do that? He goes, uh, I just never stepped into it. I've been serving him my whole life. See? See, God's delivered you. You don't know where you would be without him. Living in a culvert somewhere. Okay, all right, I'll keep going. I'll quit. So he said, if you ask in my name, verse 14, you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The only stipulation that I would put on that, if you can find it in the word, you can ask for it. Yeah. Come on. So, so, so let's, let's keep rolling with this because I'm trying to help you a little bit. We've got the name of Jesus. John 16, 23. We'll read 23 and 24 only. It says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And verse, uh, and look, at, what did I say? Let's go John, John 16. Did y'all have that one or not? If you ask in my name, and you will ask it and you'll receive it. In that day, in that day, that's talking about today. You will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name, asking you receive that your joy may be full. Let me help you just a little bit. When you pray, you pray in the name. You pray to the Father, our Father which art in heaven. But now we're in that day where you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. It's a key. You know, I've been asked to pray before uh, graduations. I've been asked to pray before football games, softball games, baseball games. 
And you know what they try to say? No. Don't use the name of Jesus. Why? What, what, what is it that bothers you about the name of Jesus? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And the world don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, you've been given power and there's power. Matter of fact, if you, if you learn to start praying for the sick and things, there's some things you just don't know how to pray. You know what? You can just pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, this has to bow. See, if you've got any kind of faith at all and you know what Jesus has done, you know that in the name of Jesus, you've got authority to speak against something that does not line up with the word. If your body is not lining up with the word, you got pain in your body, you need to tell it in the name of Jesus, you got to go. Whatever's causing this has got to go. See, see faith in that name. So let's, let's, let me just give you, Mark 16 said, in my name, they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll go make disciples in my name. Acts 3, 6, I'm just rolling through these real quick. Remember, remember Peter and John? Going in the temple, that guy had been sitting there for years, even when Jesus walked by. And they looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And he pulled him to his feet. In the name of Jesus. He didn't even have to fast and pray, did he? Oh, 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 Shonda, Lord, you know, help me. In the name of Jesus. It just came on him. Speak to him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We put some, I could never do that. It's not you anyway. It's not me anyway. It's the name of Jesus. It's, and it backs, because see, the name of Jesus represents everything that Jesus did. It's good, isn't it? Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a high tower that you can run up into it. Woo, get safe. How many of you ever, how many of you ever, you know, I watch you. If it's raining, you're dodging the mud holes. Huh? <laughs> Unless she made she got her boots on. Just wade right through it. Huh? But see, the name of Jesus is a high tower that you can go in and just sit with him and all hell be breaking loose all around you and you're in the high tower and you're just enjoying Jesus. Hey, you need to go to that place. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, where we're at today. I am there in their midst. So we came in the name of Jesus today. And he showed up. I don't know that. He has shown up. Let me go ahead and put it in correct for those that don't know uh, slang. He showed up. Huh? He has shown up. Sure enough, shown up. He's here. And so he's here by his spirit. John 20, 30 says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Verse 31, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. I got life in the name of Jesus. You've got life in the name of Jesus. So we've got life. I'm just trying to stir up a little bit of uh, 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 a life in you this morning. Some of you, see, when, when you, the life starts dissipating, you start getting depressed. You start feeling the pressure. You start looking at your needs. Start looking at what you don't have. Instead of looking at Jesus, who's the answer? So are y'all ready for number two? 
Well, I'm glad you're ready because Tim Gollimore is going to bring number two. <laughs> it's on. Amen. Can you hear me back in the back? Pastor said we was going to have a little fun this morning. I'm already having fun. How about you? How do we activate this power in the name of Jesus? How, how do we get the, the, the power of God operating in our lives? How, how do we instigate the level of what we saw up here this morning? How do we do that? Well, there are keys. Pastor touched on this a little bit. There are keys to activating that power, activating the uh, glory and anointing of God in our lives. And one of them is honor. Honor. I looked this up. The word honor, to regard with great respect. The word honor, to regard with great respect, to hold in high esteem. When Pastor uh, contacted me and asked me if I wanted to tag team with him this morning, I, I was honored to do so. I felt like I just tagged Ric Flair. How many people remember Ric Flair? Yeah, the nature boy over here, you know what I'm saying? I admire him. I hold him in high esteem. I admire you. I, I, I consider it great honor to stand here in front of you on this platform and, and teach and preach the Word of God. It's an honor. I honor you. And you know what? In, in, honor, in order for me to honor God, first of all, I've got to honor you. He said to those that if you bring an offering before the Lord and find that you have ought against your brother, leave the offering, go back, make things right with him, and then come, and then it will be received. What are you needing from God? Maybe you've been struggling with something and you're wondering why your chain hasn't been broken. Have you looked at your honor level? Oh, boy. Tim, you're meddling now. <laughs> Have you checked your honor level? Do you know that God wants to honor you? Do you know that He wants to bring great levels of honor into your life? Listen to this, 1 Samuel 2.30 says, those that honor me, I will honor. Those that honor me, I will honor. Well, how do we honor God? How do you honor God? How do you honor this house? I asked God that while I was studying this. And Pastor, you know what he saw, said to me? Show up. Show up. Show up in your prayer closet. Show up at church on Sunday. You know how to honor this man? You know how to honor this man? Show up. That's honor. So when you do that, you show up in the house of God. You show up in your prayer room. You show up at your meeting time with God. How can he minister to you and take you to a different level if you don't show up? Now I'm really meddling. If you don't show up, how can he raise us up to that mighty army marching across this region, declaring that Jesus is Lord and seeing chains broken and people set free and lives changed if we don't show up. Pastor can give you a gun, give you a... I had no, I had no idea I was going here. Pastor could give you a weapon, clothe you with armor, and tell you this is where we're going to meet on the battlefield and we're taking the fight to the devil. And then you don't show up. I heard that one go thump. 
Honoring God means I'm going to decide today, I'm going to honor God by showing up. When the battle's raging and one of my brothers might get hit and, and, and take, a, take a hit and fall, I'm going to be there to pick him up, stand in the gap until we're ready to fight again. But if you're not there, if you don't show up, I don't know why God had me to do this. If you're not there and you don't show up and, and your brother falls, who's going to pick him up? You're showing honor to your brother, to your sister. You're showing honor to God. Ooh, I'm going to try to get off that one. Did you know honor has benefits? Honor has benefits. I want you to get a hold of this one. You know, as a small boy, the first time I ever heard the word honor, my dad, in my early years, was a Church of God pastor. And he was legalistic. He'd have a fit if he saw some of you. I ain't getting you. I'd have to give him some smelling salts. But he had a plaque hanging in our house with the Ten Commandments on it. I used to kind of glance, glance at them as I went by. And number five said, honor your father and mother. Now it stopped there, Pastor, and that one, but it, it doesn't stop there in Scripture. It says, honor your father and mother that it might be well with you and you'll live long upon the earth. Now as a young man, I read that and I thought, dear God, that means you'll protect me from my dad. He ain't going to kill me. I'm going to get to live long on the earth if I honor my father and my mother. God's got a shit. He has a covering over me to keep my dad from killing me. No, the, the honor is you're honoring God and he's going to honor you with long life. You'll be satisfied, Psalm 91. With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's a benefit. You think honor is important to God? I looked this up too. Honor is referred to 147 times in Scripture. 147 times God refers to honor. Let's go to Malachi 3.16. Remembering to honor. This is, now guys, Put your seatbelt on, your helmet on, because this is going to get good. Going to get gooder. Honor comes when relationships are established. I'm going to ask you to, just for a moment, in your mind, in your heart, what kind of relationship do you have with the Father? Do you honor Him? And by that I mean, do you show up? Are you... Are you honoring him with your first fruits? Are you honoring him? Is your, does your life honor God in every aspect? Malachi 3.16. Then those whose lives honored God got together and talked it over. I love this because before Rita and I took our uh, uh, excursion and went to minister out in no man's land, we used to gather right outside, and we did it this morning, and it blessed me. The little round table out there, we got to calling it the round table meetings. And 
we'd discuss things that happened during the week, and we'd initially, inevitably get to, man, what God do for you this week? What's God been telling you this week? What's God leading you to do this week? Let me tell you. Then we, it's reversed. Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God said. Let me tell you how God's moving at work. Listen to this. Then those who, whose lives honored God got together and talked it over. God saw what they were doing. And listened in. Whoa. She walked all over this this morning, didn't she, Pastor? She's talking about another a minister talking about there's books opened up before God. And your names are written in it and he's taking notes. Now this is exactly what this says. God listened in. Now the Amplified Version actually says a book of remembrance was opened in the presence of the Lord. A book of remembrance was opened up in the presence and minutes were taken of the meeting with the names of the God. All right, now, your names. You got together. You know this is going on in your life groups? This is going on at work? This is going on around your kitchen table? I know Rita and I do this. Now, when I first read this, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Every time we get together as children of God and we begin to talk about what God's doing, He's listening. And He's writing it down. This gets good, guys. And the names of the God-fearers were written down. All the names of those who honored God's name. Now, that'll make you think about what you're saying, what comes out of your mouth, won't it? God is good, and His mercy endures forever. <laughs> she talked about having your very thoughts written down. And she said, oh, Lord, have mercy. And I, and I said, yeah, you ought to see the bottle of white out next to my book. But the names of the God-fearers are written down. All the names of those who honored God's name. God of the angel army says, here we go. These are mine. How would you like to hear God's audible voice say that? You just did. You're sitting around the table with a group of people and you're telling them just how good God is. You're telling him, Telling everybody just how wonderful he's been to me. Just how awesome he is to my children. Just my finances are overflowing. My body's healed and well because of God's goodness, his mercy, his love towards me and my family. We're all good. We're all well. We're all healed because of him. And he wrote all that down. And he says, Jeff, right there, that boy's mine right there. We don't know about Peter yet. Yeah, uh, Peter's mine too. They are mine, all mine. Now here comes the benefit. You've gotten together and you've talked it over. You're talking about his goodness and his mercy. You've talked about everything he's doing wonderful in your life and God's heard it and he's written it down. And now he's declared, you're mine. And he says, I, they'll get special treatment. You hear that? Somebody should have said, I'll take that. 
they'll get special treatment when I go into action. I treat them the same with the same consideration and kindness that parents give the child who honors them. All right, I know we're not supposed to have favorites when it comes to our kids, grandkids. I only have one grandchild, so I, he's my favorite, Pastor. The boy can do no wrong in daddy's sight, in grandpa's sight. So everything he does, you know, he gets grandpa's approval. You know, people say, yeah, Tim, we know he's your grandson. I'm telling you, that boy's special. I'm telling you, he, he, he's, a, he's a genius at nine years old. He gets special treatment from Grandpa. He knows. He actually told me one time, he says, Grandpa, are you Mama's daddy? I said, yes. I knew this was going somewhere. Then she has to do what you tell her to do. <laughs> and, guys, the bad thing was she's sitting right there. And you know, you ever get that eye from one of your kids when they're grown and the kid and their grandchild is involved? She's cutting them eyes sideways at me like, careful how you answer that one. But he gets special treatment. I treat them with the same consideration and kindness that parents give the child who honors them. Once more, you'll see the difference it makes between being a person who does the right thing and one who doesn't. Do you hear that? Between serving God and not serving Him. Now listen to this. He's putting an exclamation point behind what He just, the benefits of serving Him, the benefits of honoring Him. He says, count on it. Now some of you might have been troubled by people of the world. Some of you might have been troubled by the enemy who bombards your mind with all, everything contrary to the Word of God. But listen to this. He says, count on it. The day is coming, raging like a forest fire. All the arrogant people who do evil will be burned up like stove wood, burned to a crisp. Nothing left but scorched earth and ash. Going to be a black day for them. But for you. Here comes your benefit. For you, who? For you, the righteous, the, the people who have honored God's name, who've sat around the table, who've bragged on God. Here we go. Sunrise. But for you, sunrise. Some of you might have felt like it's been a winter of darkness, that, that it's been a time of just heavy darkness hanging over you. I'm telling you, God says, count on it. Hang on. Sunrise is coming. Sunrise is coming. The sun of righteousness will dawn on you. The sun of righteousness is going to dawn on you. Those who honor my name, healing radiating from its wings, healing in your finances, healing in your body, healing in your relationships, healing, 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 healing. All connected to one word, honor. Honor. This past week we had two young men that are new to our Wednesday night Bible study. Now guys, I hope this blesses you. I ministered. This happens quite a bit. I had one of the good things about coming back to Legacies is I get to steal his, his notes. 
Oh, borrow, sorry. I get, to, I get to preach his messages. But I was ministering Wednesday night, and these two new guys show up. And when I got done, it was a totally different message than what I originally started with, and, but God knew who was going to be there, Pastor. And when I got done, this young man comes up, and he hands me his phones and says, please put your information in there. And so I put my contact information in, and he, he hadn't gone five minutes. And he says, would you please tell me about your church? Guys, it was an honor. I did not tell him, Pastor, Pastor got all over this. I did not tell him, man, we got a nice paved driveway. We got a nice paved parking lot. We got a beautiful steeple hanging on the top of our church. Man, we got awesome shrubbery. He didn't want to hear that. That wasn't what he was asking. I said, if you want to know the truth, there's 200 more of me in Legacy. 200 more. He was impressed not with me. He was impressed with the Word. He was impressed with the power of God. He was impressed with the love and the honor that I gave God and those people sitting in front of me. Because it was, it is, it's not a large group, but I see, I look into their eyes, I see hunger. I see, and they're honoring me by being there. And I should honor them with enough of the Word of God that will change their life and their circumstances in the few moments that I have with them. Amen? So, when I talk about Legacy Church, I talk about you with, with esteem. I talk about you with honor. I talk about you with great respect because you are my spiritual family. I talk about Pastor Brett. Uh, you know, they haven't met him yet, but they're going to look for waiters on him, I think, because, you know, they think he walks on water. But when they think of Legacy Church, and I get this all the time now, every time I minister, they're not getting it anywhere else, guys. So what you got on the inside of you that's been put there here by the Spirit of God, those out there are wanting it. They're wanting it. And when you give them a taste and they see that God is working on a level that they've never seen or heard, that's when they come and say, tell me about where you go to get fed. I want that. I want that. Ready for round three? Rick, nature, boy, come on. You didn't tag me. <laughs> Look at number three. Remember to be bold. You know, Tim needs to be a little bit more bolder. <laughs> Why is he so bold? Because he knows who he is. He knows what he's got. He knows God's backing him. He knows he's got the name. He knows that he honors God. He knows that he's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so he knows who he is, and he's bold with it. Yes. You know, I mess with the kids here a lot, and I say, what's your name? I said, we're going to change your name. No, you can't change my name because their mama named them that, and they've been that, and they're confident in their name. Are you confident in the God you serve? Are you confident that you can use the name of Jesus? So, so... What, what does it mean to be bold? It means to know who you are in Christ. And, and you know, and, and, and I picked at Tim about being bold, but his wife Rita, she doesn't come across that bold because she don't say a whole lot. But she's bold. Amen. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, they say, but the size of the fight in the dog. Huh? You got God on the inside. There is nothing that can stop you when you realize God's got my back. Amen. 
<laughs> uh, Jesse Duplantis told a story about him getting in trouble and, and uh, got, got beat, beat up this other boy in the neighborhood, and here comes that boy's daddy trying to chase him down. Well, his mama come out, and Jesse's running from him, afraid. And his mama come out with a gun and said, Mister, you get away from my boy. And then Jesse started going, come on, man. Come on now, you know. He started dancing around, come on, come on, you know. Like, mama's got his back. You got to realize God's got your back. God's got your back. Let, let, me, let, me, let me read Proverbs 28.1. It says, the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. My grandson goes, rawr, because he's a lion. And he wants to go around and he'll scratch you too. You got to watch him. But are you a lion in the spirit? Are you like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I really, I, I can't ask God for that. I, I, I just, that's not, that's not being humble. That's being weak. If the word says you can have it, you're going to have to fight for it. and You're going to have to go after it. You're going to have to stand on the word. That's why we started this thing off when God said you're in the army. You, you got you to gotta put on the armor. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you're the righteousness of God, the, truth, the belt of truth. The more you know the truth, the more you can be bold. Put on your shoes of salvation. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. Guess what? The devil's every day trying to talk you out of it. You know he sends trouble? You know why he sends trouble? To steal your faith. To stop you from being bold in your faith. If you, if you, you know, you think about the questions that we question, we question and doubt. Some people do it on purpose. Golly. But can you drive a car? Can you confidently say you can drive a car? Can you confidently say you can drive a stick shift? Can you confidently say you can drive an 18-wheeler? I'm going somewhere. See there? Some of you said yes. Yeah, some of you said no. Can you confidently say you can drive an airplane? Ah, uh, no. See, there's different levels of your faith, too. You got to keep pressing towards. You got to start get building your faith and get bolder. Because, see, see, you can receive healing but not have finances. When God wants you to be balanced out, to believe God. You, you may be flourishing in finances, but you spend it on the doctor all the time. God wants you to balance your life by faith and learn to be bold. So, so we're going to do that. We're going to do that right now. Uh, I got a uh, Jack Mobellini comes. Jack Mobellini's a uh, Rama grad. And uh, he, he texted me this morning and said, I'm going to Tennessee. I'm going to go visit family. And one of them's got cancer. And they've got a bad, bad report. And you know what? My mind wants to go, oh, man. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, that's horrible. But you know what? The Spirit of God in me said, nope. Tell him that he's got the, he knows that he's got the name of Jesus. He's got the blood of Jesus that backs that name and that he has the authority to use that name. And you know what he sent back? He said, amen. Amen. I could have said, oh, I'm sorry, sorry about that. I hate that. I hear that for your family. I know it's a terrible time. That ain't, no, that ain't helping nobody. That ain't helping nobody. That's just getting in the mud with them. We didn't call to get in the muck and the mire. We're called to pull them up out of the muck and the mire. And so we do it in the name of Jesus. So uh, with, with that, we're going to pray over. We're going to pray for a lady named Nanny Griffin who's got uh, cancer has come back. 
and uh, a Stuart Wood family has lost a daughter to an overdose. But in the name of Jesus, God will heal their heart. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Listen to me. Listen to me. We're going to pray over these, but I'm going to pray over you. I want you to learn to get bold in who you are in God. Because guess what? Depression will come sit in your lap. And you can pet it like a cat. And you can say, oh, yeah, this is horrible. Instead of saying, get out. You know, I told it last Sunday about the dog. It was just, I walk in the living room, there's a dog in my house. I could have said, oh, my, what's that doing in here? I said, get out of here. The inflection in my voice, I-N-F-L-E-C-T, it's, it's the attitude. Get out of here. Do you know that dogs can understand you? If you have been around you, they know the inflection. They know your expression. They know when they've done wrong, you walk in the room. Did, who did that? And that dog would duck his head like a kid. <laughs> Won't it? Because of your voice, because you carry authority. My daughter and my father-in-law trained, they can train a dog to do about anything. My daughter trained a box turtle. Okay, she can train a dog. She said, you don't ever let your dog win because they become boss. And she trained her chihuahua not to bark. That is training. Because I, I said, I can't believe you got a chihuahua. I do not like it. Ah, 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 ah. But she'd go, ah, and that dog just trained a chihuahua not to bark. Come on. Because that's taking authority. Well, you need to take authority over your own mind. Well, they don't ever recognize me. You know, the pastor ain't all that. He don't even tell me. Come on. Submit and volunteer. Get in my face so I can't leave you. You know, you know, remember the story Jesus told about the woman? She's bold. She kept going saying, I need help. I need help to the judge. I need help. The judge said, you ain't getting any help. I need help, judge. Every day he goes, get, okay, we're going to give you what you want. Get out of my face. Some call that nagging. But anyway, it's in the Bible. But you know what? She knew what she wanted and she went after it. Are you going after what God said is yours? Are you going after it? It's time to go after it. It's time to get bold. So if you got a need, stand to your feet. We're not through. We got another point. But let's get bold with it. I want you to call it it, call it yours in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray over Jack. I'm going to pray over these. So right now, Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we come boldly to the throne of grace just like your word says to come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy in time of need. Lord, Jack needs mercy on his family. Father, that he's carrying the mercy and the grace and the healing power of God in his own body and we have it as well. Father, we thank you that you minister life to these that have lost a loved one and to this woman that cancer's returned. We say, cancer, you've got to go. And I speak to every need in this building, every need that finances be met, that bodies be healed, that minds be clear, that, oh, that even the emotion of depression, it has to leave in the name of Jesus. I declare it to be so. Now you declare it to be so. Tell it to go. Tell it to come. Whatever you need, tell it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, tell it. Tell it. Use your words. Use your authority. Use, use it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Did you do it? All right, all right. You can be seated. You know, all four of these points could stand alone. We could preach about a month on each one of them. Learn to be bold. Learn to take authority. It's crazy. Look at Jesus. The works that he did, we can do. 
and greater. It's not that a person is your enemy. The devil is your enemy. Sickness is your enemy. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Oppression, depression, sickness, disease. He took authority. And that everybody, the Pharisees, wow, what authority can you do this? Even the demons said, what authority? What authority? Because they said, you're a man, but you have great authority. You teach with great authority. Because he was bold. He knew who he was. Do you know who you are? Or are you just drifting? Whatever happens, whatever happens. Come on, number four. All right. We talked about remembering the name. We're talking about remembering honor. We've talked about remember to be bold, to know who you are. Now we're going to talk about remembering to be hungry and thirsty. How do you get boldness? How do you get the power of the name? How do you get honor working on your, on your part in life, in, in your situations? How do you do that? You have to stay hungry. You have to stay thirsty. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. You need to be saying these things. I'm strong. My heart is strong. My spirit is full of God. I'm full of courage. I am hungry and I am thirsty for more. You know, you hear, you, know, you might ask, if you took a poll at some churches, not here, at some churches when they leave, you say, man, wasn't that a good service? And somebody will eventually say, oh, I, didn't, I didn't get much out of that. What were you expecting? What were you hungry for? Hungry means you are needing something on the inside. To be hungry means you have to, had to have emptied out since the last time you ate. If you show up every Sunday morning and pastor fills you to the rim, and then you go out and don't ever use it. You don't empty. I love this. And when me and pastor was talking about this, I saw a culvert. And he mentioned that in his first point. A big culvert. Have you ever noticed when a heavy rain comes? And water hits the ditch, and it runs to that culvert, and it passes. If there's nothing in there blocking it, it passes right on through. What do you have in your culvert that's blocking what God wants you to have to fill you up and flow you out? You got to be hungry, you got to be thirsty for more. When you walk through those doors on Sunday morning, so hungry for God. God, I want more. That's what I heard when I was studying this out. I want more. I want more. I'm not full yet. God, what you got for me today? I bring you honor. I bring you praise. I bring you glory. Fill me to overflowing. Wait for and confidently expect Hear that? Not just expect, confidently. He, I found, Pastor got it. I've got the word. Now I believe 
you watch over your word to perform it. I confidently and trustfully wait on you. And I know it's coming. Hear that? Hear those words? I know it's coming. Well, Peter, how do you know it's coming? I found it in his promise. His words, his promises, and she's saying it. Your promises are yes and amen. Now, yeah, I prayed this way in some of our meetings, and boy, you get some looks. God, that person has cancer. Your word says you, you yourself took our sicknesses and carried our diseases. I expect you to make them well, whole, nothing missing, nothing broken, complete. I expect it. I expect it. You call me or my wife or, or there's uh, uh, several people that walk in the faith for healing in this building, you better be ready to get prayed for because they're going to pray for you. And it just like that, boldness. They pray with boldness. They pray with confidence. They pray with expectation that what comes out of their mouth lines up with the Word and you're going to get what it is you need. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for... I looked that word up too. Blessed. The biblical definition is empowered to prosper. Empowered to prosper. I'm going to read it that way. Empowered to prosper are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Don't let that word righteousness throw you, okay? Some people use that to beat you over the head with. The word righteousness is God's way of doing and being right. I'm going to say that again. I like it. It's God's way of doing and being right. How do we know how to do that? We read His will. We read His instructions. He says, pray for those that do, are ugly to you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. And in doing so, you heap hot coals on their head. And you know what? You walk away feeling pretty good. Your shoulders are a little square. Your head's a little higher. Why? Because you did it the right way. John Wayne, he's been quoted as saying, do it right because it's right, and then do it right. Do it right because it's right, then do it right. And then you can expect what God's Word promised. For they shall be filled. Philippians 1.20 According to my earnest expectation, okay, to the person who says they, they come to church and never get anything, what was your earnest expectation when you came through the door? I looked that word up too. Me, me and uh, Webster's had a workout this week. If you are earnest, it means you're serious, Pastor. It means you mean business. You come into this service with a weight heavy on your shoulders in your mind or in your heart or in your spirit but according to your earnest your serious your serious expectation and hope that nothing you shall be ashamed you walk out of here knowing when you go to work you know when you walk into your house you know when you go walk into the doctor's office you have that serious expectation that I don't care what the doctor says I got the word I don't care what that report says. I got the word. I don't care what my employer says. I got the word. 
I got the word. And I'm, I'm totally and completely, earnestly expecting. Talk to God like that. You want to get him smiling? You want God to be pleased? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you talk to him with a fervent expectation, I expect you to honor your word. He said, put me, somebody said it earlier, put me in remembrance of my word. It ain't that he's forgotten, Pastor. He wants to make sure you have it. Earnest expectation that you will not be ashamed when you stand before people and whether it be in your family or whether it be right here at church or whether it be on your job and you have made a confession before a group of people and then all of a sudden because you waited and you hoped for and you expected the Lord to show up and your confession never changed but with that hunger and thirst for God's way of doing and being right all of a sudden He shows up and that very thing that you stood on is manifested right before you and them. And then God gets glory. God gets glory. Then they come to you and say, what's the name of that church again? God wants us walking in this type of boldness. He wants us walking in this type of confidence. He wants us walking in knowing the power that we have in the name of Jesus. And we are able to implement it into our lives and watch the tide change. Watch the the storm blow over because you told it to. Oh, pastor, the storm blew over because you told it to. Speak to it. Pastor, say, you know who you are. There's a group of folks in this building, myself included, that have spoken to tornadoes, spoken to hurricanes, and watched them change course. Those are natural things, guys. You have much more supernatural going on. Your battle, Pastor said, it, it's not with flesh and blood, but it's with powers, principalities, principalities, rulers of darkness in high places. But they shouldn't be any more than you swatting a fly. Know who you are. Know who you are. You're a bunch of champions. You're a bunch of, of warriors for God. You're, you're equipped. Your mind, your spirit, mind, soul, and body is full of God. Full of God. Full of power. Full of anointing. Full of His Spirit. Full of His Word. You're powerful. You're going somewhere to happen. To tear down the forces of darkness and build up the kingdom of light. Your words matter, guys. You matter. Through your earnest expectation, your family's situation will change. Through your earnest expectation and your boldness to speak truth and speak the life of God into them will change the course. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. Come on, Rick, land this plane. Uh, <laughs> Leslie. Somebody give God praise this morning. Ephesians 3.20. Listen. According Ephesians 3.20. Listen. Are y'all ready? It, she's typing it in. There it is. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above 
all that we think or ask according to the power that works in us. When you got born again, the power of God came into your life. Start operating in it. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and maybe you've never recognized the power of God. Will you accept him as Lord and Savior today? Will you give him your heart? All these things we're talking about. See, when you step into the family of God, you get everything that the family has. Your family. You're empowered. You've got God's riches. God is grace. Boy, His grace is wonderful. God is peace. His joy. If you have never given your heart to Him, will you do that today? Maybe you're like the prodigal son. Maybe you got saved a long time ago when you was a kid and you've done everything and played, uh, went out and, and drank it and smoked it up and partied it up and, and, and got in the muck and the mire with the pigs. Do you know the Father's looking for you to come back? Just like in that story, he's waiting on you. And guess what? He cleans you up. He puts a robe on you. puts a ring on your finger. Makes you part of the family again. Isn't that awesome? You serve an awesome God. Bow your heads. Look at your heart just for a few moments. Will you accept Jesus? Will you come back to him? If that's you, will you just stand up real quick? I know it takes boldness to stand up. You know what? We cheer for you. The Bible says that all heavens cheers for you when you stand up for Jesus. If you declare him before men, he'll declare you before the Father. If that's you, will you stand up real quick? So look at me. time to get bold it's time to use the name you've got the power of God believer you've got the power of God Christian begin to declare it in your life begin to activate the God if what is we live here we need to live here what's in what's God saying in your heart listen we have a prayer team on the wall over here Jeff's going to remind you of it in a few minutes but these ladies have a grace and an anointing to pray for you Go get you some. Go let them lay hands on you. Let them pray for you. But you know what? God's not going to make you. You can stay right where you're at and make it by your own hand and struggle. But you know what? He said, my grace is available. Amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content Find out more about our upcoming events and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.